Uh, we'll get the reading of our scriptures today from Deuteronomy 31, and we'll start from the first verse. Amen. And then if we've all found it, it reads this way. And Moses went and spake this word unto all Israel. And then from there we can go to, to verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them, for the Lord thy God, he is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with these people unto the land which the Lord has shown unto their fathers to give them, and thou, thou shalt cause them to inherit it, inherit it. And then the Lord, he is it that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee. Neither will he forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. And then we can turn also to... Second Corinthians uh, chapter four. I see people are still paging through their Bibles. I think I can just read. And then we'll be reading uh, chapter four from verse 15, and it reads thus. And then we'll continue from chapter 4 into chapter 5 because you'll find that as we read it that the same thought that Paul was expressing in chapter 4 he continues it it through verse 5 until to chapter 5 until verse 7. Amen. So for all things are for your sake that the abundant grace which through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Oh sorry let me just for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might true, the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. For which cause we feign not, but through our outmen, but, but though our outmen perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And then we'll continue also into chapter 5, verse 1. Because you'll see that he's been talking about the outward man and the inward man. But here he changes and he talks about the earthly house of this tabernacle, which is almost the same thing. Amen. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God. You see, the inward man and the outward man. The earthly tabernacle, the outward man, and then the building of God, that is the inward man. And and a house made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that, so that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in the, in the tabernacle do groan, 
being burdened for not for that we will be unloaded, but loaded upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that had wrought us for the self same thing is God, who also had given us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. And then I will also turn to Revelation 21, and I will read verse 7 and 8. Amen. And it reads thus, He that overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be his God. He shall be my son. But the fearful, unbelieving, the abominable, and the murderers, the whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Uh, I will ask just Brother Chetty to come and just bless the reading of the word. Amen. What I inspired, amen. Precious Heavenly Father, gracious God, Lord, we uh, come, my brother, and pray this morning, dear God. We overcame, dear God, to come into the house of God, dear Lord, knowing that, Lord, we have come through the struggles of life, dear Lord. Amen. Lord, we could say, Father, Lord, that we're just so thankful, and in our hearts, dear Lord, that you made a way for us, that, oh God, that the Bible says, Lord, that we are more than overcomers, dear Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord, we know that this little bride this morning, dear God, Lord, I'm just not going to just barely escape, Father, not just going to get over as survivors, Father, but, dear Lord, as overcomers, dear Lord. Because this morning, Father, Thou has given us the privilege to be gathered, Lord, under an umbrella, dear Lord, of the message of the truth, dear God. We have testimonies, dear Lord. We're standing as time-tested memorials, dear Lord. Yes, Lord. Because of the power, dear Lord, that was released, dear Father, in this hour through those seven seals, through a prophet, dear God. Amen. And it's producing a life, Father, this morning, Father. Yes, Lord. And there we are as your children, Father, opening up, Lord, the Holy Scriptures, Father. Yes, Lord. Not like some magazine or some newspaper, Father, mm. but, oh God, it's anointed words of God. Hallelujah. These Amen. words of God, Lord, has given us life, Father. Yes, Lord. And, Lord, as my brother stands behind the pulpit, dear yes, Father Lord. God, Lord, stand surrendered, dear Father. Yes, Lord. May you use him, dear Lord, as a vessel this morning, Amen, Father. Lord. And, dear God, may life flow through him, dear Father yes, God. Lord. And Lord, pregnate the seeds, Father God. Bring forth faith this morning, Father. Dissolve every unbelief, Father, that may be in the camp, O God. Mm. Heal, Lord, every disease, dear Lord Jesus, that may be lurking around, dear Father. Mm. Unnoticed, Father, Lord. But under the light, O God, Lord, may it be exposed, Father, dear Lord. I just pray that your grace come forward, dear Lord. 
Unction, my brother, dear Lord. Mm. Revelate him this Amen. morning, Lord. Step down, Lord, in the yes, veil Lord. of fellowship, God, and speak unto us, your needy children, this yes, morning, Lord. Lord, that's hungry and thirsty, Lord, yes. for the righteous word of God, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 We can have our seat. Amen. Uh, as we all know, the, the pastor is not uh, around today, <laughs> so that is why I'm standing here, just standing in the gap, amen. So uh, the pastor is in Zimbabwe, he, he just sent us a test yesterday, saying that he just had a pastor's meeting yesterday, and uh, by the grace of God, everything went well. And uh, he, since he's been there, we've, he's, he's always been in our prayers, and then uh, I think we, we, all of us, We've been praying for him. And even me, as I stand in front of you, I, I, I also in need of your prayers as well. Because Brother Bremen says, if it is very comforting to know that the, the saints are praying for you, especially if you are confronting the devil, like if you are here on the pulpit, it's that to know that you are being surrounded by prayers for the saints. And I think, uh, like to thank you for that, uh, you saints for also for that as well. And then now, uh, the pastor also has declared this year, which is 2017, as a year of, uh, yeah, saving. Uh, that a year of servanthood, the year of servitude. Now, to be uh, servitude means to be what? to be completely subject to someone more powerful. And we know that the person who's more powerful that we could subject ourselves to is none other than God. But you must remember now that God himself uh, is, is, uh, is omnipotent. He's a, he's a spirit. And then he's self-sufficient. And being self-sufficient, he's also omniscient omnipresent. Now, being a spirit, it is he, all he needs from you is for you to worship him. You understand? Yes, you can serve him, but he says, how can you say you love me if you find that it is difficult for you to love a brother that is just next to you? You understand? Because that is the closest thing that you can show affection to. But how can you say you show affection to the God that you've never seen, if you cannot show it to the brother just next to you. So for me, when the, father, the pastor said, this year will be a year of servitude, a year of saving, it meant that to serve our fellow brethren. That means to serve our fellow sisters and brothers. That is to serve you. You understand? Now a thought then came to me that if that is the reason that we need to come and save you, what is it that can hinder us from carrying out this mandate? Because it's a mandate. If it's a, something, it has been declared, it has been proclaimed that it is something that we need to do. You understand? To serve you, to serve the community of Whitbank. I think some of you have already seen the pastor. He's already started doing that. He has extended his service from saving us to saving the whole community of, of Whitbank. <laughs> And I can tell you that even me, being a, a resident of MLO, I have also benefited because there were power cuts. After what he did, 
there's no more power cuts. You understand? <laughs> so his save is extended even beyond the community of Whitbank. You understand? And that is what we've been trying to do with all the messages that we've been preaching here, putting them on the internet so that we can serve beyond the community of Whitbank. You understand? The whole of South Africa. You'll be surprised. Uh, we were there with Brother Dipadi last week. So he was showing us the stats of, of the people who are downloading the message that are being preached here each and every day. And then he says, on, on the stats, there are people in Russia. <laughs> I thought Russia didn't speak English. <laughs> there are people in the United Kingdom, America, Africa, Zimbabwe, you name it, who are downloading these messages each and every day. So you see now, your savings has extended even beyond the borders of what? Wheat bank. Also into the whole world. You understand? And that is what this message is all about. To be able to touch not only you, but even to touch the fellow men outside. Because Brother Bremen says, you never know where the seat lays. Understand? So he said, that is why he said, store up the food. And this is part of storing up the food. We, we have the messages that is preached. Some of us here are like this because of them. Amen. And I think those messages also have touched you. Amen. And that is why you are here. They have shed a light, a certain kind of light into you. Amen. So that is what saving others is about. Now, the thing that I thought that could hinder us, the first thing that came to my mind was fear. Yes. Fear, because if you have, you have a mandate to, to start, I think your brother Maleko was here. And being here, he preached a message, uh, not so. A lot of messages. In those messages, he shows one type of fear. That is the fear to start things, a phobia. You understand? That is why even you find out the way fear is with even giving it many terminologies. <laughs> there is fear of being in an enclosed space, fear of heights. You understand? Because it, but actually what it is, it is, it is the devil. You understand? But now, today, I want to approach this subject differently. You understand? I, I do not want us to come there and then uh, just concentrate on fear. We want to find the solution to fear. Understand? That is why Moses implores us to be strong, of a good courage, to fear not, and not to be afraid. You understand? So the way I want to approach it, I want to approach it from a position of victory. You understand? You understand? So that you can be looking at fear as not being part of you. As something that is sitting down there that you have overcome. Amen. And uh, so I wanted to approach fear from a position of victory. Approach fear from a position of David. You understand? You see, David, when he approached Goliath, he didn't approach him the same way that the, the, the soldiers of Israel, all the Israelites approached him. He approached him differently. You understand? There are some ways we will get, we will get to it that he uttered. That not even any of the Israelites, not even Saul himself, 
could utter unto David, to, to Goliath, because he approached him, the pastor say, from a mountain top view. You understand? From a higher position, looking at him downwards. Amen. So that is what I want us to approach to do to, today, just to approach fear that way. Amen. So, if you read, we've also read uh, Revelation uh, 21, where uh, Jesus Christ, in, in, the, in, the, in the Revelation, he says, uh, fear, there it just shows us how, how bad fear is. Because if you are just being fearful, you, he, there he compares you with the murderers. He compares you with the unbelieving. He compares a person who's fearful with the abominable, with the warmongering, with idolaters. And he says, all those people, he groups them together. They are fit to be thrown in a lake of fire. Now, do you see how bad fear is? And the reason fear is bad is because it brings mockery to God. It brings mockery to God's power of salvation. It brings mockery to God's power of redemption. So that is how bad fear is. But this morning, there is a position that I want you to take. Because remember, fear is a demon. And fear is of the devil. Yes, I know in our language, we have a language that says, that means in the house of a person who is coward, they never mourn. But one thing that you should bear in mind is that they are never victorious either. Because they never manage to start anything. You understand? So they don't go out into war. As a result, they can remain in the house, being protected, defeated, even before they face even war. Even before they face battle, you find that a person who is fearful, he's already defeated. Amen? So that is why fear, it is so bad. But there is a position that... A, before I, that I want you when you live today, even when you are in, at your house the whole week, even throughout, throughout the whole year, that when you look at the devil, you should look at him at. I want you to, when we live here, so that you'll be able to see the devil, the way Isaiah saw, saw him. Saw him. Yes. Do you remember how he saw him? He said, you, the, 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 the morning, son of the morning star, how art thou fallen? You understand? Because you say you will exalt yourself above the stars of God. Do you know who are the stars of God? It's you. <laughs> he said he will exalt himself above the stars of God. That is even you. Amen. So if you can see him the way Isaiah saw him, when Michael and his angel defeated him, the, the, the one thing that you need to bear in mind is that when Michael defeated him, he had an army. The devil also had an army. And then that army was, was, was comprised of the angels that he, the, the, word of, the, uh, uh, the, the word of God says he, 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 he beguiled them through a tail. He, uh, through a tail, he, he beguiled at least one third of the heaven. But when Brother Brenham explains it, it's not like a tale. It was a story he told of how superior he can be to God of how superior he is to God, then that is what waged the war. 
That is what made Michael to stand up. Remember, Michael is the chief, chief angle. He is Jesus Christ himself. Remember, you cannot fight against God. <laughs> it's like I told you, God is omnipotent. He's omnipresent. Now for him to set the devil in his place, he had to use Michael. He had to take a form of an angel that he can come and fight the devil. That was the form of the chief angel, Michael. You understand? So the army, there were two armies. It was the army of God on one side and then the army of, 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 of Michael, the chief angel, on one side. Now, you remember, uh, Jesus Christ says, glorify me, Father, with the glory that I had with you before the foundation of the world. Now, the reason he, Jesus Christ could say that is because being a man, being God, Jesus Christ was God. He did not forget his position that he had with Christ. But you, because of sin, you forgot it. That is why you did not recall, you don't even recall the battle as we speak now. It is only when the pastors come and show you that you say, oh yes, that means I was there. But you were there. But Jesus Christ doesn't, doesn't, doesn't recall because this battle, to show you, he says, before the foundation of the world. That's how, how, where it took place. And when it took place, you were God's attribute. You were in God. You were part and parcel of that army. Now, the position that I want you to leave is that to know you that when Michael kicked the devil out, when Michael kicked the army, the devil and his armies out, you were part and parcel of those people who were there fighting with him. You were part and parcel of those people who, come, who came down and kicked my, my, uh, the devil out of, of, out of heaven. So the way Isaiah saw him was when he fell down from heaven onto earth. Understand? Even the word of God says he even fell from, from, from heaven to earth straight to hell. Amen. So when he fell, I mean, if somebody falls and he's on a the ground, there's supposed to be dust. That is how, my, how Isaiah saw him when he fell from heaven. That when he fell down, there was dust. You understand? Now, if a person has been knocked out, <laughs> they will fall down with their legs up in the eye. That is how Isaiah saw him. You understand? Now, today, the one thing that I can show you, the people who worship the devil, <laughs> they don't know who they worship. You understand? Because... If a person had fallen down like that, and then you come and then you dust him up and you made him Lord, <laughs> there should be something wrong with you. Understand? Now, when you leave today, the way I want you to see the devil is at that point in time when he was on, on the earth, down on his backside. So, whatever thing he may try to do, whatever sickness he may bring unto you, whatever trial, tribulation, temptation... He, must, he might bring unto you. That is the position. Every time when he decides to raise his hand, you should look at him. <laughs> but Abraham says one thing. It said a man had a dream. And in the dream, he dreamed that the devil was coming to fight him. Now the devil came to him and he said, boo. Now, <laughs> the moment the, the, the devil said boo unto that man, the man retreated. Every time the devil said, boo, the man retreated. You know what happened to the devil? 
when the man retreated, he started this small. When the man retreated, he grew. When the man retreated, he grew once more. When the man retreated, he grew. Until the man realized, no, man. That means every time I draw back, now my brother and sister, every time the devil approaches you and you draw back, you empower him. You understand? You give him a position that you're supposed to be taking, a position of victory. You are surrendering it to him. You understand? Because every time he says boo, you should say boo back to him. (laughs) And now the man realizes that that means when he says boo, I should say boo to back to him. Understand? And then he did that. Every time he says boo and he took a step forward, that is why we say forward we go. <laughs> Backward not. Every time he took a, he took a, spec, a, a step forward, the, de- the devil decreased. Every time he took a step forward, the devil decreased. Until the devil disappeared. You understand? Because every time, that is why we, we say we are the Jeshua generation. We, every time we take a step, what do we do? Uh, they taught you here uh, two weeks back. When the Joshua generation, when they take a step forward, their footprints, what does it signify? Yes, every time we take a step forward, it signifies possession. You understand? Yes, possession of our enemy territory. Sometimes with the Israelites, it was the land that had been promised, sown to their fathers. They had to want to claim it back. Amen. So now, each time the devil comes to you, and then he comes and assumes a position, you must take that position for you. You understand? That is why the devil is not allowed in your territory. It is what? Sacred ground. It is the ground where only you and God should exist. Amen. Now, going back to our subject. uh, Now, when, 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 when you defeated the devil, you were just uh, an attribute to God. You understand? And, and because, because of the fact that it happened long, even before the foundation of the world, you might not remember it. But if you defeat him now, you are just manifesting what you did back then. Amen? Because back then you defeated him. You understand? Now it is just a dress rehearsal. You understand? Is it, is it, is it so difficult? <laughs> You've done it before. You understand? Even with, Go- with, with David, I will show you that the reason he could defeat Goliath, it was because he had done it before. He says, I have defeated the bear. The lion. You understand? So for him to go there and defeat Goliath, it was just a, a process. Something that he had been doing all along. You understand? Amen. So even you, this day, when you defeat him, that devil, this fear of doing something in your life, this fear of starting, fear of the unknown. Yes, some people have fear of the unknown. They're just nervous all the time. <laughs> Being, having anxiety, panic attacks. You understand? That is not a child of God. <laughs> you understand? Because... Fear, a person like that, that means fear has crept hold of him. It has even changed his outlook of life. He cannot see a life in a positive way. Always pessimistic. That is why to them everything bad, 
that's going to happen. <laughs> it's supposed to happen to them. But that is not a child of God. Now, to go back to our topic of fear, you will realize that fear has portals. Uh, portals, I mean gates. If you remember, the pastor told you about, you, about the five gates. You remember that message? Yes, the five gates. Even fear, for it to contact you, it has to use the same gates, those five gates. Now, if we read, uh, just that we won't read it, but I will just quote it. If we read First Thessalonians 5, verse 23, Paul teaches us about a man being a triune being. That means you as a man, you have the body, uh, you have the, the spirit, and the soul. Now, if, if you are realize this, if before 1963, uh, I was there with Brother Adipati last week, Pastor was teaching us about this, that before 1963, it, 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 even the way, if you read it here in it actually doesn't say it the way I'm saying it. It actually was body, soul, spirit. You understand? But after 1963, after the revelation of the seven seals, when everything was laid bare to the prophet, he changed it. Because he realized what the spirit was, what the soul was. You understand? So it was now body, spirit, soul. You understand? Because we, we, do, I will, we will just discuss uh, as we go on why the soul. Why is the soul greater than the spirit? You understand? What is it that is in the soul? What does it, the soul signify? Amen. So uh, in, in the body, you have the five senses, the five portals. The five gates. You have the a sense of sight, your eyes. You have the sense of smell. You understand? A sense of hearing, taste, touch. I can tell you, my brother, if all these five senses are closed up, they are not working, it is not possible for you to experience any fear. You understand? Because there is no way fear will contact you. Because these senses, the body, is the contact point for fear. For every negative thing that may be happening in your life, it has to go through those five senses. You understand? Yes. That is why you must watch what you look, what you hear. <laughs> you must be careful of what you drink. You must be careful of what you touch. I mean, if you touch fire, you're going to get burned. <laughs> Amen? You must be careful of what you taste. You understand? You must be careful of what you smell. You understand? Because those are the five portals. Now, if you go to the spirit, the spirit, that is where the mind is. We have, uh, it has also has five inlets. Memory, imagination, conscience, reasoning, and affection. That is what? That is the spirit. You understand? And then uh, the soul, now that is the main thing now. Now, the soul it is the control tower. That is what Brother Bram teaches us. Each and everything that you do is controlled from there. You understand? So I remember I was reading one message uh, that the, the, the Pastor Brennan preached, and he says in that message, he was talking about the consciousness the, and the subconscious. Now, at that time, that was, that is why he was talk, referring, that was before 1963. The message was 
preach is the inside man. That's the, 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 the title of the message. He was talking about the subconscious and the conscious. Now, what he was actually referring to, because it was before the revelation of the, of the, of the, of the seals, the, the conscious is the awareness, you, as you see me, being aware of me. That is the conscious mind. And then you have the subconscious and the unconscious mind. So he says, for, for you to be able to believe something, there must be harmony between the subconscious and the unconscious mind. And the, the, between the, the, subco- the, unco- the conscious and the subconscious mind. That means there must be harmony between you, the body, what you hear, what's going to go into your mind, and what is in your soul. You understand? That if we come and we pray for you, and then you say, hallelujah, I'm, I'm healed. It doesn't mean anything until it registers deep in the soul. You understand? Because that is where the healing will start taking place from. Because the soul, that is where you have the super sense. Faith. Or doubt. That is what's in the soul. You understand? That is why Brother Bram says, it is the central realm. It is the innermost being. It is the control tower. Uh, all right. And then uh, the soul, he says, that is the real you. Yes, we, what we see is, is Maven. Mara, there is the real somebody inside Maven. That is why I've read this, the scripture that says, talk, Paul talking about the inward man and the out, outward man. The inward is the real you. The outward is this body. You, you understand? As we see it. You understand? So that is, that is what the, the soul is, the real you. And he says, it is where the predestinated seed dwells. You understand? That is where the germ cell is in the soul. You understand? When God wants to contact you, that is where he comes. You understand? Even Brother Brennan talks about a compartment in the heart. Now the soul is in the heart. You understand? That is why the, the, the word of God says, a man thinketh with his heart. That is the real you. You understand? That is where you think from deep inside you, in that small compartment where the soul dwells, where when God wants to make contact with you, he comes and he comes in into that soul. Amen. So, it is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That is another part where the soul, that is another uh, attribute of the soul. That is where the Holy Ghost dwells. Now, now, so you either have faith, or you either have doubt. Amen? Because if you have faith, you are controlled by, by God. And if you have doubt, you are controlled by, by the devil. So you can, either, you can never in, in, be in between. No. <laughs> you, can, you either have that side, which is God, or you are on that side, which is the side of, of the devil. Amen. So now, um, now like I said, faith uh, uh, Fear uses those five portals. Now, if you remember, when the children of, of uh, Israel were fighting with the Philistines, uh, they, 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 were, they were two armies. They were in a mountain. The, the, the children of Israel was on one mountain on one side, and the, 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 the Philistines were on another mountain on the other side. In between them was a valley. So those two armies were arrayed, armored for war, 
supposed to meet there in the valley and battle it out. But then while it was like that, there arose among the Philistines a champion. They call him a champion, Goliath. Now the reason they call him a champion is because Goliath was a giant. He was a giant of a man, 2.9 meters long. His armor alone, almost 100 kilometers, 100 kilograms in weight. So you can just imagine, some of, I, mean, I don't even weigh 100 kilograms. Imagine if a person's armor alone weighs 100 kilograms. How big is he? Understand? So he came out there in the valley and started shouting, asking for a person who can come and challenge him. Now, the five, the five, the, 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 those five portals, those five senses took hold of the children of Israel because they looked, what did they see? A giant. A giant of a man. Now, when he spoke, he spoke with a booming sound. <laughs> the sense of hearing also failed them because now the way this man was speaking, it was not an ordinary human being. So now, the word of God tells us they were so afraid. Very afraid. Understand? And then in the army of, 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 of Israel, the only person who could match him was Saul. Yes, he was not 2.9 meters, but Saul was at least 2.1 meters long. He was not small. <laughs> he was a big man at, uh, as well. But because of the sight, because of, of, of fear, that gripped him through the sense of sight through the sense of hearing, he did not want to go into battle with that man. All he could see him, he could see himself being defeated. Now, there was a young man, I think you know him, David. <laughs> he has never been a soldier before. He knew nothing about war. Understand? So, one day, one, one day his father, Jesse, sent him out to, to wars just to check on his brethren. Because remember, for 40 days, 40 nights, Goliath came out asking for somebody to challenge him. said, guys, come on. There is no need for us to shed blood. No. Just give me one man. I am one man as well. Yeah, but he looked like he was two. <laughs> I'm one man. Of, just give me one. If he defeats me, you see how Satan is. He's putting himself at a disadvantage knowing that already he's at an advantage. Saying, if he defeats me, I, all the Philistines, we will be your servants. We will save you. But this man that you bring, if I defeat him, then you, children of Israel, you must be our servants. Understand? That was the devil putting up a challenge. Now, that is what I told you before. When the devil say, boo, you have to say, boo back to him. You shouldn't go back. But what did the Israelites do? They withdrew. They went back. Because what they saw, they realized that by themselves, they could not match that man. My brother, I can tell you, by yourself, you cannot match the devil. Matter by this person that is inside of you, God, who is inside of you, who is taking possession of you, you can do anything. I mean, he defeated Satan before. He can defeat him again. And he is a champion that knows no defeat. That is why we call him mighty warrior. We say he's what? Great in battle. Because he has known no defeat. That is what? That is our God. Amen. 
So now, the children of Israel, because they were led by somebody, Saul, Saul who had forsaken God. You know, the, 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 when, when um, Saul decided not to follow God, when he sinned against God, God told the prophet Samuel to go into the house of Jesse, uh, David's father, to look for another king because Saul had forsaken him. Understand? Now, there were lots of children of Jesse. He had many children. I think if my man saved me, all eight of them. He brought them one by one. But God, because he loved the heart of David, he chose David. Now, choosing David, uh, Samuel came and anointed the, uh, David with a horn of oil. Now, the horn of oil signified the Spirit of God. It signified the Holy Spirit. Now, the word tells us that when he did that, the Spirit of God left his soul. And then the Spirit of God came and he settled on David. Now, they were being led by somebody who did not have a champion on his side, who didn't have God on his side. That is why when the call came for him to stand up, for him to show his true colors, he retreated. He just sat there in his tent as a king. Yeah, that day he was a king. <laughs> he did not want to be a servant. He did not want to be a soldier, soldier anymore. Just a king. That's what he wanted to be. But the reason was because the spirit of God had left him. Now, Jesse sent David to war to check on his brothers, to bring them some bread, or I think even lamb, some, some, some meat, because they've been there 40 days, 40 nights. And also to just get a report from them. Now, when he get there, you know how the devil is. I can tell you something, brother. If you are doing something wrong, and then you are trying to hide it, you know, when the children of God are around you, <laughs> you know what the devil does? He, he, he boasts now. He, he starts showing his true colors, trying to expose you. You understand? Now, when David went there in, into the battleground, just when he went there, you know, I, I don't think they, his brothers wanted David to see that side of them being afraid. But the, the devil, that's what the devil, that is the opportunity that the devil likes to embarrass you. So while they were there, he, he came. And then he said, uh, is there a man? Oh, no, David was surprised. Oh, who is this man now? Who do, does he think he is? How, how can he come being uncircumcised? You remember I, the, the time when we spoke, we showed you that circumcised signified the Holy Ghost. How can this man without the Holy Ghost, without God, how can he come and defy the armies of God. So this brother said, I know so, hey, wait a minute. Uh, David, wait a minute, my brother. No, this man, you can't fight this man. He said, no, 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 no. Take me to the king right now. You understand? I, want, I have a score to settle with this devil. You understand? David, he didn't see a giant of a man. He saw true Goliath. He saw actually what Goliath was. A demon. A devil. So that's what he saw. And he knew, he had a report before of what God, of how God prevailed for him. When he faced a bear, when he faced a lion. Now, the way God works, 
God doesn't just send you into battle. He prepares you first. He trains you. That is why you come here each and every Sunday, Wednesday, to hear the word of God, to get training. So that when the battle comes, you are what? Ready for war. Amen. That is why you come here each and every Sunday. So that you will be what? Amat. So that you will be battled, hardened. You understand? So that when the devil comes to you, it's not like you've just met him. You understand? So when you come here, that is where the battle plan is drawn. That is where God shows you the battle tricks of the devil. You understand? So that when he comes that side, you are ready. When he comes this side, you are also ready. That is why you come here. That is why we say you must have savings all the time. You understand? Even a car needs savings. A car that doesn't get savings, after a while, it jams, it stops. It can't function because you need to be saved. You need to be ready all the time, to be battle ready all the time. That's what a child of God is. Now, Saul, David, I'm sorry, had been battle trained with a sling and just a stone. A bear came, he tried, you, you know that he was a shepherd. So a bear came and he tried to, to devour some of his sheep killed it. A bear came, did the same thing, killed it. So you see now, this man was ready. He was battle trained. His brother didn't know it. All they knew was army drills. You understand? Army drills. You understand? But David knew more. Amen. So that is why when he went to, 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 some, to, to Saul, Saul tried to do something. He took his armor. Saul was, like I told you, was a big man. And uh, the word of God tells us that David was scrawny. That means he was thin, short, small, ruby. Like they even, that, is what they, that is the word that they use for him in the Bible. He was not the kind of person you will associate with war. So now he came, he put this armor on top of him. You understand? Now remember, when you have to fight the battle of God, no church dogma. No church creeds, creeds. No PhDs from whatever, from a theological school can help you. You need God himself. You understand? Now, when David went there, they put this armor on top of him. Now, because it was not how he was trained. You see, you're a pastor. You don't have to go to Bible school. God has to choose you to lead his people. Now, David was chosen to lead these people. Those ones who didn't even want him to go and fight Goliath. He was chosen. So now they try to put these church dogmas on top of him. Army drills. Army tricks. Man-made tricks. (laughs) But he found that he couldn't even take a step. Now, if you are a child of God and you find that you are in a some of these churches' denomination, you'll find that you can't even take a step. You can't progress in life because you are in a wrong place. So David had a wrong armor at that time. His armor was supposed to be what? The weight. Brother Bram, when he talks about it, he says he had five stones. Faith. F-A-I-T-H. He had five stones. Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. That's what? 
David had. Amen. That's what he needed to use. That is what you need to use against the devil. Not some creeds, not some dogma. Amen. But the word of God. Amen. So now he approached him. Now, Goliath, amen. I'm 2.9 meters tall. A 1.7 meter tall, maybe my size, 1.8 meter tall man coming approaches you. Not even with a shield. <laughs> Not even with a spear. And he says he comes to fight you with a sling. And he was asking him, swearing. He was furious. Do you see now? Being furious, if you are furious and you are into battle, you lose control. By being furious, you already lost control. He has already lost control of the battle. Amen. So whatever he was supposed to do, he couldn't think straight. Because he said, how can they bring a leash for me? Am I a dog that you should bring a leash to come and fight me? Hmm? But David took five stones. Jesus. Faith. He was full of faith because he had been trained before. He swung it. God, the Spirit of God, directed the stone. And it hit the devil there. So do you see how you defeat fear? By the word of God. Now the fear that all the children of Israel were were trembling in front, it lay there on the ground. Now I think it was maybe a meter tall now. It was no longer one, 2.9 meters tall because he lay flat. Then David took a sword, slew him. Amen. So that is how you should approach the devil. Amen. With what? With God on your side. With his word. Amen. So now, I want you to show you now where fear started. Because it started somewhere. Remember we said that he, the devil, was thrown down. Isaiah saw him. Do you know that when he was thrown down, he landed in the Garden of Eden? And when he landed in the Garden of Eden, the first person he went into contact with, but let me tell you, the devil is clever. He will always look for the weakest vessel. That is why there is a saying that you are as strong as you are weakest. So he saw Eve. Now, because he was a devil, he was a spirit as well. He looked around in the Garden of Eden for an, something that he could go into. Understand? And that thing was the serpent. The word tells us that the serpent was the subtle, cunning, clever of all the animals. He could speak. Yes, the serpent was not a snake. If it was a snake, God should, couldn't have said to it, as from this point on, you will crawl. Why should it crawl now if it was crawling before? It shows you that it had legs. It had arms. That is why it could walk. You understand? That is why it has to lose its legs, lose its arms, be a snake, a serpent. But it actually, the Brother Bremen calls it a missing link. It was the missing link. Amen. The missing link between, that is why normally what they do, they try by all men's science. Yes, I've done science. I've done evolution. I know all what they try to do. <laughs> I've studied it at school. I didn't believe it. I just studied it. So I know that they are looking for that missing link. Because you can never, the closest relative to a man is the chimpanzee. Now this you can, if you read COD, page 239, I'm just going to quote it because of time. 
that is where Brother Brenham unfolds the story about the serpent. Now, it was the missing link. Now, it was a straight. It's just that he didn't have a soul. That was what separated it from, a, from the, the man, Adam. So it went there. It beguiled if. Amen. Now, there were two trees in the Garden of Eden. There was a tree in the midst of the garden. There was a tree of life. That, that is why the word of God says you are the fruit of your mother. Because you, she's the one who, bears, who comes and gives birth to you. That is why the, the woman was the tree in the midst of the garden. Understand? That is why what happened when the, 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 the serpent came there and beguiled Eve, she became pregnant. But to show you, tracing back this child that she, the, 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 uh, Cain, you could, tra- you could see by the works that he did. Because by their fruits, you shall know them. That is why when Cain was born, he killed his brother. Oh, remember, brethren. Um, Adam was a son of God. There was no evil in him. There was no speck of evil for him to be able to murder, to kill somebody. But this Cain, the first thing when he made a sacrifice to God and it was not accepted, and he looked at his brother's sacrifice that it was accepted, he killed him. The reason being, he was doing his, what his father, the devil, did. So he was the offspring of the serpent. Understand? That is why he killed his brother. Because he, th- th- that was the bloodline that he came from. The bloodline of killers, murderers. Not the bloodline of Adam. Amen. So how, that is how the devil came to infiltrate himself into the human reign. Through the serpent. Now, after he has done that, the woman went to his husband and then they partook in the, in the tree. I think you are adults. You understand what I'm talking about. And then she also became pregnant and she bare uh, Abel. Abel. And then uh, now, after they have done this sin, now remember, sin is unbelief. When you see a person smoking, that is just the fruit, the attribute of sin. It is not actually sin. It shows you that that person doesn't believe the word of God. If a person uh, steals, lies, it just shows what is inside of him. Understand? That is why Brother Branham was saying, a man came to him. He was crying. He had been found in adultery. Now this man was like, I don't know how come I do these things. But Brother Branham says, the reason he was doing this thing, it was because of what was inside of him. What was in his soul? That is, he, he might think he doesn't know, but those are the fruits that came from within him. You understand? That is why also, when, when, when uh, Adam and Eve, after they have partook in the tree, the first thing, the first time in the Bible, we hear the word fear. Being afraid. That was after they've sinned against God. That was after they did not listen to God's word. You understand? So that is why they say, okay, remember, uh, Adam 
Eve, they used to fellowship with God around the afternoons. Now God came, he couldn't find them. So he called, called. Adam, where art thou? Now Adam came, when he came, he said, God asked him, why are you hiding? He said, because I was afraid because I'm naked. That is what sin can do to you. It will expose you, make you naked, take away your dignity. You understand? That is why they were naked. But there was another attribute now. They were fearful. Adam was given dominion over every, each and every animal that was in the garden of, of Adam, of, of Eden. But after the sin, he lost it. He was no longer that dominant figure in the garden, the ruler, the leader. You understand? Because he had partook in sin. Amen? So, when God came, he was now naked. You know, Brother Bram says, all the powers that Adam had, all those channels, they were clocked up. He also uses the word that his soul was mad. That means his soul was corrupted. You understand? Now, the first Adam failed. Now, for us to be able to regain the powers that he lost. Because remember, what God wanted was a, it was a spiritual multiplication. He didn't want people to be born the way we are being born, through a woman. He wanted people to multiply spiritually. Now, for us to redeem, redeem us back to the place where we were, the place that we lost, God had to send somebody, a redeemer. That was God. That was, now, it was, there was nobody worthy except God himself. So that's why he came as Jesus Christ. He died on our cross as the second Adam. Now, there was a quickening power when he rose up. Now, when he rose up, you, you have that quickening power. You understand? So that is why you can face the devil. That is why you can actually defeat him, defeat him because you have that quickening power. Amen. Now, that is how sin went into to, 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 to the Garden of Eden. That is how sin found itself in the human race. But the only way to take it out, it is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is for you to repent, be justified, be sanctified, have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is the only way out. Amen. So, the other person, that is how fear came along. Now, there's another man that I want to mention. I think we still have time. Stephen. Stephen didn't show fear. Now, remember, the reason I had to come with it this way is because Stephen was the first deacon. If you read, you read your, the Acts, it was the first deacon of the church. The 12 apostles, uh, they, they were ministering unto the people they, where they were. And then there was, because people, they were preaching, people became greatly increased in number to the extent that they couldn't serve them. Now, the people were, were, were coming complaining to them, especially the widows, that there was nobody to take care of them. Now, when they came, uh, the, the 12 came there and says, why don't you choose men who are full of faith, full of valor, good standing, full of the Holy Spirit. Choose those men among you. The first person that was chosen 
It was Stephen. Understand? So the word of God says he was full of faith and the Holy Ghost. Amen. So now one day some people came and then some students from these seminars, they come and they debated with him. I mean, he was full of the Holy Ghost. They didn't even stand a chance. Now they went around and then they rose up people who will give a false witness against Stephen that they might come and kill him. Understand? So after they've given a false witness, Stephen was arrested, taken to the council, and then a, a trial started. Now when the trial started, they accused them that you said blasphemy against Moses, against God, against all the laws of God, understand? But he went there and he started preaching. He, the, 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 the word of God says, the message that he preached, he, he talked about Abraham, the journey of the Israelites, how they came and forsake God until to the extent that those ones who are accusing him are forsaking God again. So they were torn to heart. But when he was speaking, they proceeded, they were kindled, they were grinding, wanting to kill him. Now they took stones. When they were killing him, now you see, if you are a Christian, the greatest act that you can do is when you'll be able to forgive somebody when you are hurting. That is what Stephen managed to do. He was being pelted to stones, but he says, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they do. Amen. He looked to heaven. He could see heaven open and a Jesus standing on the right hand of the Father. Amen. And then he's, the, the word of God says, after he has said this, this thing, he gave up the ghost. Now, even in face of adversity, Stephen was not afraid. Stephen stood for the word of God. Are you able today to stand for the word of God? Are you willing to sacrifice for the word of God? Are you? Now, that is what Stephen did. Even though, to show a Christian, you know, it is, <laughs> it is a big word to be a Christian. When you are being, uh, somebody has made you angry, <laughs> you don't have to cool down first to be able to forgive them. Even when you are hurting, you need to find it in yourself to be able to forgive. Because that is what a Christian do. Because remember, Christ forgave us. And then uh, he didn't do anything wrong. He came and he died for us so that our sins could be forgiven. Amen. So Stephen did the same thing. When they were pelting him in stone, all he could see was heaven. No hatred in him. Just forgiveness. And then also there was Paul to show you that as a Christian you shouldn't have fear. Paul, one day they, 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 he was caught and he was sent to Rome to stand trial. Now whilst he's being, be traveling with a ship, going to Rome, he was chained. He was a prisoner. Now the ship wrecked. There was a big storm and they tried to go into land and then they tried to go close to land, and then they, they rammed the, 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 the ship against the shore, and it wrecked, and they had to be taken onto the dry land. Now, before that, before Paul left, God had commissioned Paul to go to Rome. There was something that God wanted Paul to do in Rome. So, even though there was a storm, Paul told them that, brethren, you will not die. This storm will not kill us, because I have a commission. 
God has commissioned me to go to Rome to do a certain job. So if he has commissioned me, I will be able to reach that place. Now the ship wrecked. The, all the soldiers there survived and then they went on to land. Now because it was raining, it was cold, they started picking a wood to make fire. Now when he picked up the wood, there was a deadly serpent. You understand? Because the, the word of God says, even if you can take deadly things, poison, it will have no effect on you. Only if you are fearless. If you have faith. If you are full of the Holy Ghost. Now, when he picked up the clock, there was a viper. A viper is one of the deadliest snake on earth. It beats you, especially the sea viper. You will drop within a second or two. Now, after he had beat him, he just shook it onto the fire and he continued picking up the lock. There was no fear in him. People who are, who are staying there, the, the natives who are staying in that island were like, ah, this man really must be a murderer. He survived the shipwreck. Now, after surviving the shipwreck, now just when we say he has gone ashore, he's safe, a snake comes and bites him. Surely he must have done a terrible thing. Now they looked at him and said, ah, now he'll fall now. Just give me a minute. I, Paul didn't mind them. He continued doing what he was doing. Picking up the wood, setting up the fire. A minute passed. An hour passed. Hey, now they were scratching their head, but what manner of man is this? They say, he must be a God. Brethren, you are amateur gods. Because you have God in you. You have the revelation of the seven seal in you. That on its own makes you to be amateur God. Amen. So that is what Paul demonstrated. As an amateur God. People, they did, he didn't have to say it. People who were there could see it that there was something unique about him. There is something unique about you. As God's child, there is something unique about you. You are not an ordinary human being. But you are a vessel possessed by something. Something bigger than anything that could be on the world. God himself. Amen. So when he went there, he picked up the snake. He didn't fall down. The weight was fulfilled. That even if you can pick deadly things. Not this thing that they do on TV. Dooms and petrol or whatever. No. Deadly things. You understand? Something that will kill you. Petrol will never kill anybody for that matter, if I can tell you. You will get maybe drunk or something. <laughs> that's what's going to happen to you. So he, he was beaten by a deadly thing. So that spirit, that, that scripture was fulfilled in, in him, in, in Paul. Now, uh, just to go back to my message again. Now, there are reasons why you should not be afraid. Now, one of the reasons is the scripture that I've read. Um, the scripture of 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5. The, the opening paragraph, it says, everything happened for your sakes. You know, even you say everything, brother, we mean good, bad. It happens for your sake. You understand? Because, so that is why uh, we must think, and because of that, we must think, give thanks to God. 
Because if everything, if we can, we can just open the, the scripture so that you will follow along as I go through it. Amen. So it says, for all things are for your sake, so that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound, that means redound means to overflow to the glory of God. That means each and everything that happens to you, whether good, whether or bad, that thing, it is for the glorification of God. Because I can give you an example. If you lose your car, the way, me, the way I'm, I, I think, I think this way. If it happens that I lose a car, that means God is going to give me a better car. <laughs> For me, losing a car doesn't take joy from me because I know that the God that I serve, he can give me more. That is why Job said, when he, even after he has lost his children, what God did was to give him double. Because they say, everything worked together for good to them that love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. You are called according to his purpose. And when things don't go well, you should not be afraid. In fact, give thanks because, to God because he predestinated, he predestinated you. He preordained you and prepared you for that situation. If there's something that's going for you, God has prepared you for that situation. It's like we said with David. When he faced Goliath, he was trained. Even you, if there's a bad situation in your life, that is not good. God has prepared you. He will not give you a burden that you cannot bear. That is our God. He knows even your genes, the very fibers in your body. There is nothing about you that he doesn't know. That is why if you go through trial, through tribulation, you know Paul, as we read down here, he says tribulation, he called them light afflictions because it is just temporal. It is just for a time because what you have, you have the inward man. You have God on your side. You You are not just an outward person, but you are a body with somebody unique, somebody greater, more powerful in you. You understand? So, it does not matter how adverse, how painful the situation may be. It is temporal. You understand? Because remember, the, the, he, that's why he so, when he goes there, he says the body, it grounds to leave this body. Because as you go older, and if you are a child of God, you will find that the more older you go, and if you come to church, you become edified. You start to grow spiritually. So you find that even yourself, the body becomes older, but the inward man becomes renewed. That is why we don't have a God who is a grandfather. God is young all the time. So that is why even the inward man that is you, he's a young man. He's young all the time. Amen. Now, whatever situation you might be going through, it serves as a testimony, so that tomorrow you can come and give a testimony and say, I was sick. God healed me. I didn't have a job. 
God gave me a job. Because if you don't have a job, who else can provide it except him? Remember, he is omnipotent. He's the most powerful God that you can ever be. You understand? That is why we the Philistines, they once stole an ark, put it next to their God, Dagon. You know what happened? They left it there. The next morning, Dagon was on his face, bowing to the ark, because God was in that ark. Even God's bow to him. That is how powerful this God is. The God that is in you. Amen. Now, that, that situation in your life, whatever you might be going through, it is for the glorification of God that God might be glorified in your situation so that you may serve as a testimony to your fellow brothers that the God that we serve, he is alive. You understand? How can he become alive if there is no fruits to show his life? You understand? You are his fruit. The word says he is the vine, you are the fruit. You understand? And you, you, no, you are, sorry, you are, he's the vine, you are the branches. And as the branches, you must bear fruit. Fruit is what? That is why there was time when Jesus Christ was walking, going to Jerusalem. He looked for a tree. The tree didn't have fruit. In season, no fruit. He said the tree was useless. He cast it. When they came back the next day, the tree was dead. (laughs) Because it didn't have fruit. So, if you are a branch, you don't bear fruit, you will be taken out and cast in the lake of fire. You are that person we're talking about, the fearful that can be even numbers among the murderers. Because why? You do not bear fruit. You have no evidence of the power of God. Amen. So now, I have a testimony. Um, uh, brother, one day we were here. I think Brother Depardi was there. He will remember. The, brother, the pastor was preaching here. Now, while he was preaching... A child started fitting right there at the back. Now, we were enjoying the word of God. You see what I talk, what I say about David, the devil. When you think you are enjoying yourself, he will just rise up, try to embarrass you. Now, when the, the, the child fitted, they brought the child to me. I took the child outside. But everybody came followed me. While I was looking at the child, he came in and says, without even me asking anything, he says, Brother, may I pray? let me pray for the child. I'm like, you know, brother, go ahead, pray for the child. He prayed for the child. I prayed in my heart as well. While he was praying for the child, the feet immediately stopped. You can ask him. He's the witness. He's there. I have seen people feet. So you see, this God of us, he demonstrates his power. Even when the, the devil can erupt like a volcano, try to do something, he can take care of it because he is our God. Brother, everybody prays for the child. Immediately the feet stopped. Now, when a person feeds, uh, you know the job that I do. There is a stages that he needs to go through to recover. We call it the post-ictal space. Normally you will feed and you will sleep. Those who witnessed the child, we've prayed for the child, the child came in, sat there. No sleeping, the feet just stopped immediately. That shows how powerful the God is. The mother came and the child sat there. 
That is the God we serve. He demonstrates his power. So if the devil erupts and thinks he has cornered you, <laughs> Brother Branham says, um, when you read the seventh, the, the seventh seal, he was in Sabino Canyon. There was a big uh, blast, a big eruption. He thought he was going to die. Now, while he was there, a, person, a voice came, a big voice, and says, offered him a, a sword. This sword, it was made of a pearl handle. Its guard was made of gold, and it was made of glistening silver. You understand? This sword. Now, he said, the, the, the angel who gave him the sword said, this is the sword of the king. That is, it is the word of God. That sword, he gave it to Brother Brennan. Now, Brother Brennan is no more. <laughs> Where is that sword now? Where is that sword? Where is that sword? That sword is with you. That is why when the devil corners you, you just need to pull that sword out. The sword of the king, the word of God, demonstrate God's power. Then he will flee. I mean, he will flee. You will find that he has no chance because you have drawn the sword of God. You have just drawn the word of God. Now you have the word of God. The devil, you know, I remember one day I was, I was, I was a young man. Now, what happened is that the very same situation that happened happened in a church. Now the brothers were looking at the, the guy is fitting there. Yeah, okay, maybe we should go take him to hospital. That is a defeatism spirit. You need to take action. It is a challenge. If something happens, that is a challenge to you to show you what fruit you have. Understand? Now, when the devil, the devil say boo, you should say boo back. <laughs> Don't retreat. Don't ask for a doctor or something. Yes, I'm a doctor. That day I was not a doctor anymore. Because something greater had happened. God was in place. Brother Bram says, a good doctor will tell you that he doesn't do any healing. It is God who does the healing. The only thing he can do is to assist nature. You understand? Now, the healing is done by God. If, well, you can have the best doctor you can have. If you come, your, 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 your food or your arm is broken, we will put a cement on you, a POP, a plaster of Paris, send you home. God then will take care of the rest. We'll give you some painkillers. Mara, there is no doctor. Even if we operate on you, that can heal a bone right there and there. But he, God, if he wants to, he can do it because he's the omnipotent, the most powerful God. Yes. Then we, you know what we'll call that? We'll call it a miracle <laughs> because it's something beyond nature. You understand? It is something supernatural. You understand? Because God is supernatural. When it takes place, supernatural things, miracles happen. Amen. So that's what happened. 
Now say, that is why the word of God says, everything, when something bad happens to you, look at it as a light affliction. Something that should not bother you. You lose a house. God will give you a bigger house than the one you are having. That's the spirit. That is how you should believe this God. You understand? You lose a job. That means this job was not good enough for you. He has something better for you. You understand? All you have to do is to believe it. You understand? Believe it. Believe it. You understand? And it will happen. Now, you just don't say believe it. You must believe it from your inside man. From your inward man. Amen. That is how you should believe God. Now, um, the, the word of God says, um, do not be afraid. It is I. You can read those series of sermons Brother Brennan preached about them. Understand? Because even if you're going through difficult times, you should not be afraid. Be not fearful. Because God himself is with you in that situation. Amen. Now, remember my brother, if you have diverse tribulation, you will know that this is a, just a test. That, that, is, that, that is testing your faith. And the tribulation, work, the word of God says, tribulation work at patience. And then patience work at experience. And then experience work at hope. You will never have an experience until you go through a trial. For you to have an experience of something, you should go through it. That is why if you are a child, you are growing up. You should listen to your parents. You could be having PhDs, um, having whatever, whatever degrees you might be having, but your parent, because she has the experience of life, she is still more knowledgeable than you. You understand? You should listen. You understand? Because he has been through trials, tribulation. She or he has gained experience. That experience is to guide you. You understand? That is why you must listen. Because for you to have hope, you need to be, have somebody experienced next to you. Amen. Now, Job says, the Lord giveth. Not only does he give, he taketh away. You understand? And he says, in all death, you must glorify him. You understand? Because whatever he gave it to you, if he takes it, it is a due time. You understand? Don't mourn after it. It's because, like I said, he has something better, something more beautiful for you in front. Do not, you know what? There's a saying that do not um, worry about spilled milk. It is spilled. God will give you a cow <laughs> so that you can have milk forever. That is the kind of God we serve. Amen. Yeah, so Job lost his children. He, he lost everything. Amen. Mary, you know what happened? That thing was returned to him. 
double. You understand? That is why I say, small house, big house. <laughs> yes, you lose a small house, you will get a big house. Just believe him. Just serve him. You understand? So, that is the kind of God we serve. Now, I think time has run. I will just skip some of the notes and then uh, so that we can try to finish in time. Now, the other reason why you should not be fearful is because you have the third pool. You have the revelation of the seventh seal. You know, before, um, I, I used to get upset when people said um, the seventh seal is not revealed. Until I realized, or no. Because when Brother Bremen speaks about the seventh seal, he says, let me give you uh, my revelation of it. Whose revelation? Brother Branham's revelation. Now, in other ways, for you to have a seven seal, you must have a revelation of it. Now, if a person comes and says, it is not revealed, he's not wrong. It is not revealed to him. You understand? Because it must be your revelation. That is why you should not fear. Because the revelation of the seventh seal, Brother Bram says it is the unfolding of the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. The revelation of the seventh seal, it is God himself. So that is why you must have him. Because, and then he goes on and he says, the, 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 it brings him, Christ, to earth. Now, I, I want to explain what he means when he says earth. Earth, he doesn't mean earth. Remember, where were you formed? From the dust of the earth. You, when he says it brings him down to earth, he refers to you. You understand? It brings Christ to you. To you. To you. And then if you have Christ, who can stand before you? That is why the pastor, when he preaches, he says, when the seventh seal is revealed, we become him. We are him. Because he comes as the seventh seal possesses us. You understand? Now, the reason that it is preached the way it's preached is because the seventh seal is an encryption code. It is made for a certain individual. You must decipher that encryption code yourself. That is why Brad Branham, when he speaks about the seven seal, he says, it flew to me. That angel, the one, the notable one, flew right to me. You understand? You understand? Because it, that angel, remember there was the constellation of the cloud. There were seven angels there. The one that was next to the Brad Branham, the one that was notable to him, that was the revelation of the seventh seal to him because it flew right to So the seventh seal must come to you. You understand? So it is God unfolding himself. Now, if you have the seventh seal, it is an encryption code that the devil cannot uh, decipher. The, the word of God also says, the seventh seal gives us rapturing faith. Uh, you, all these things that I'm quoting you guys, you, you, you brothers, you know it. It gives you rapture. So for you to be able to be raptured, 
you have to receive it. You, you understand? It, it, that is why it is the, 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 the seven seal. It is also a ministry of angels. That angel. That is why Brother Brennan says, I'm going, but there is someone that's going to take this message through. It is not a person. That person. It is, well, the, the, the seventh seal is a person himself, but that person is not just a human being. It is an angel. That is why when the pastor comes and he preaches here, it is that angel preaching to you. That is why when he preaches, you must listen. Take heed. Ponder these things in your heart. Because they are true. Because they come from God himself. Now, if you have the revelation of the seven seal, the devil cannot stand before you. Understand? The devil is powerless. That is why also you have the third pole. Now, remember, brethren, we, when Brother Branham, we've read this quote many times before. When the, the third pole took effect, when he, he called the squirrels into existence, he was not a man. He was God. That is why we say you are amateur God because you have the third pool. You have the power of the third pool in you. Amen. So the devil, fear, it has no place in you because of what you possess. And then also for the last thing that we are closing, uh, there's some things here that I will, I will just leave. He, we, 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 we've read where Moses speaks with Joshua. <coughs> Excuse me. He says, you, Joshua, be, of, st- be strong, be fearless, do not be afraid, be of good courage. Now, the reason we are saying this is because Moses was about to, to die. And while he was about to die, Joshua was the one who was supposed to take the children of Israel into the promised land. Now, for them to inherit that promised land, they had to fight. Understand? For them to possess what fruit was in that land, they had to fight for it. Understand? But because God had promised them, that is why Caleb when he went there, he would say, Joshua, give me my mountain. That is why today, whether you are a parent, you are not powerless. You could actually claim your children back. That is why last week, if you realize, maybe I will urge you to go there listen to last week's message. Because that is how this, this, this uh, saying, being a Joshua generation. That is how it is demonstrated. Josh, being Joshua's generation is not just being, being coming and saying, say, I am a Joshua generation. You need to demonstrate. You need to take possession. You understand? Because if you take possession, the devil flees away. You understand? When you possess, he runs. You understand? When you ask for your children back, he runs. So you have the power. Be not, do not be afraid. Be, have no fear. Because you have the power. Because of Christ, because of the seventh seal, because of the quickening power that God has put in you, 
you can claim whatever you have lost. You can claim it back. Amen. So whatever he took, you can claim back. So that's why I say, listen to that message next week. If you didn't realize what happened, that is how we claim back. That is the demonstration of it. You understand? Because last week, the devil flew. He had no chance because we were claiming, claiming what is ours. Amen. You have the power to do that. Uh, Thank you very much, brother. I think my time is up. Uh, we can just sing a worshiping song, amen. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through I've learned to depend upon His word. We say through it all, through it all, through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. Tina, who was in 
Baba Sia Gubonga Bangota Kula Tina Sateba Baba Sia Gubonga Baba Sia Gubonga Baba Hallelujah. 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 
Yeah. 